everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. There's a lot to discuss in this uh, in this episode because if you don't recall, as I mentioned from the last episode, E3 2021 is upon us. In fact, we just concluded this week. We got a full weekend's worth of news and announcements, and I'm going to give a sort of overall temperature of the event and just discuss how people online were sort of taking this because this was the first fully online version of E3. We didn't get it last year because COVID was so so intense last year at the beginning of the year, right? If you remember, COVID really started to run rampant in March and in, and especially through the summer on and off. So they, they kind of canceled E3 last year. One thing to note, at the start of E3, uh, the mayor of uh, the city that hosts E3 had announced that they were going to be doing a live event next year. So they're promising that 2022, we are going to be getting a live E3 again. And that actually is going to make the difference here uh, in terms of um, just how people are going to um, take a lot of these announcements. Because overall, while we did get a ton of announcements for games and stuff like that, there was a couple of holes here and there. As you know, uh, Sony wasn't present this year at E3. They didn't make any sort of, they didn't have any sort of events, no live streams, nothing. So I'm waiting in bated breath because I, I am anticipating that this summer we're at least going to get some sort of state of play. Sony's going to kind of run by their own thing. Uh, but this year, it was clear that the winner of E3 was Xbox and Bethesda, who the two of them teamed up and delivered a spectacular E3. Uh, it spectacular so much that all the other um, developers that were supposed to be delivering their own sort of E3 live streams, uh, they were much, much weaker by comparison, including Nintendo. And it seemed like the total temperature online, everybody seemed pretty disappointed overall with how E3 went. Um, as you know, last year, uh, or not last year, last week, uh, we were kicked off um, E3 with the summer the Summer Game Fest, which uh, Jeff Keighley kicked off. So there were a couple of announcements there. The biggest one I mentioned to you was that Elden Ring finally was shown off. Uh, we got a gameplay trailer and the official announcement that that game is coming January 21st of 2022. In that Summer Game Fest, some of the other things that I didn't mention is that we're getting a Borderlands spinoff called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is due in early 2021. Two, I believe, and it's going to have a pretty spectacular voice cast, uh, including Andy Samberg, Will Arnett, and Wanda Sykes. Uh, it's not a standard Borderlands title, uh, and it is being developed by 2K Games as well, so we don't know really what to expect from this game. We're getting a director's cut of Death Stranding. That's going to be coming to the PlayStation 5. That was announced by Hideo Kojima himself, so it's going to be coming to the PlayStation and the PC. Jeff Goldblum also came out to announce a sequel to Jurassic World Evolution, which is sort of like the roller coaster tycoon, but for Jurassic World. You can make your own, uh, manage your own park in Jurassic World, so that I, I can only imagine that that would go haywire. A couple of other smaller announcements, too. Uh, we got Metal Slug Tactics, a sequel to Salt and Sanctuary called Salt and Sacrifice, a, a follow up to Two Point Hospital called Two Point Campus, as well as a supernatural shooter called. Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. So those are a couple of other announcements made at the Summer Games Fest. But why don't we kick off some of the actual events, some of the things that were actually discussed. I'm going to go basically from the top of this page. I'm looking at GameIndustry.biz, who kind of pulled together all the major announcements from E3. And it starts 
it goes backwards. So we're starting on from Tuesday this week uh, of Nintendo. Some of the biggest announcements we got here was that we got confirmation that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming. It's not officially called Breath of the Wild 2. They're actually not even naming uh, the game yet. It's got it's sort of the unofficial title is Breath of the Wild 2. There's some speculation that the um, the title is being held out uh, because it may contain potential spoilers for the game as well. There's some offerings of other Zelda-related um, expansions that you can pick up, including Game & Watch hardware um, that allows you to play the first two NES games, as well as Link's Awakening. As well, there is some DLC for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. It's receiving two expansion packs. The first that comes out today, as I'm recording June 18th, the second one will come out in November. So that should hide you over at least until the debut of Breath of the Wild 2, which is looking at 2022. We actually got a 2D 3D Metroid game that's going to be coming this year. It's called Metroid Dread. It's the first 2D Metroid game in nearly two decades. That's, that's crazy to imagine. We didn't get an official Metroid Prime 4, so this is kind of the closest thing. This will be coming to the Switch. It launches October 8th, 2021. This one was another surprise, actually. Um, now, as I mentioned, there's certain people who enjoy E3 and enjoy some of the releases. I was listening to a podcast, um, actually it was Sean Capri's podcast, the Nintendo Drive, and him and his co-hosts were kind of like on the fence. They weren't. They didn't really like the Nintendo reveals. A lot of them were not like pop poppers, like like a Super Mario Odyssey or or a natural like they. See, people were also promised like a potential Switch Pro. That wasn't announced here. As I'm mentioning, some of the releases here, including the Metroid one and this next one, which was a uh, reboot of Advance Wars 1 and 2, called Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, which is basically bringing the the DS um, or the, the Game Boy Advance uh, popular game Advance Wars back to the Switch. Um, it's, the game, it's basically the first offering Advance Wars in over a decade, since 2008 was the last one. As well, Super Monkey Ball is celebrating its 20th anniversary. I'm honestly, I'm surprised it's only 20 years old. It feels like such an older game. So we're getting the first three Super Mon Monkey Ball games. One, two, and Deluxe are going to be remastered and released on the Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox, Xbox One, and PC. Um, and the game is going to be called Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. And apparently, WarioWare is also coming back with WarioWare Get It Together, which is coming out September 10th, 2021. And it's a, it's a popular sort of micro game that was made popular on the DS. It's coming back. It's going to be two players. And people will be able to play on the same screen with the two Joy-Cons. That should be fun. We're getting a new Mario Party game called Mario Party Superstars, which is also coming out October 29th of this year. And it's um, five classic Mario Party boards from the Nintendo 64 era that have been remade with 100 classic minigames. Cruise and Blast and Fatal Frame ports are coming to the Switch. So Cruise and Blast is an arcade game. It's coming exclusively to the Switch, no official date, sometime in, Q in Q4. While the Wii U game, Fatal Frame Maiden of the Blackwater, is also coming to the Switch this year. And then also the, the popular Danganronpa series is going to be coming to the Switch. It's a physical bundle that's called Danganronpa Decadence, which includes uh, Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition and two Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition and V3 Killing Harmony Anniversary Edition, as well as the newest game, Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp. This is big, bulky titles. Over at Capcom, let's talk about Capcom before we get to Xbox. Capcom had their um, unveiling on Monday the 14th as well. 
nothing major here. We got some updates for popular franchises like Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, and Ace Attorney. Uh, so we have a trial version of Monster Hunter 2 Stories, Wings of Ruin, that's going to be coming to the Switch on June 25th, and Steam on June on July 9th. The game will release on July 9th for both platforms, with free content based on Monster, Monster Hunter Rise a week later. Anyways, there was also announced that there is some DLC in the works for Resident Evil Village, but details are going to be saved for a later date, probably another Resident Evil event. Capcom also showed off a trailer for The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles as well as talking about upcoming changes to the Capcom Pro Tour 2021 and Street Fighter League. I'm not going to talk about the PC gaming show just because I didn't really see a lot there that stuck out to me that was major. It's a couple of new games. Square Enix, though, delivered a very strange uh, event. Not a lot of big punchers here. The biggest ones probably were um, that Eidos Montreal, the people behind Deus Ex, are working on a, a Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game. It's story-driven, but you're only going to be playing as Star-Lord. The game's going to be arriving on all the older consoles, the Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, but also on uh, Xbox Series S and X and PC on October 26th. This game looks really rough around the edges, and the fact that you can't... It hasn't confirmed yet, but you can't necessarily play as other players also is kind of a turnoff. Plus, the graphics look really really bad at this stage. Honestly, they probably should have uh, waited. There's a good chance they could delay this game uh, because if enough people give um, sort of negative feedback, because right now it's currently only a single-player adventure, as far as I know. If it's saying you can only play as Star-Lord, I think people are going to want to push back and hope to play in sort of a multiplayer co-op experience where you get to choose which character you get to play. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because the Guardians are five or six uh, characters in a team, uh, you should have the ability to play as any of them. So we'll see what happens with that game. I think it's just trying to kind of riding off the coattails of Marvel's Avengers over at Crystal Dynamics. But if they want to ride the coattails of that game, they really need to start incorporating more multiplayer, more replayability value, uh, value because right now it only looks like it's sort of a single player first third person story based on the characters from the movie and the comics. And they look very close to what they look like in the games, but they look like cheap knockoffs. So I'm not very impressed with this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Also, they were fighting slime monsters the whole time. Like, what the fuck is this? is not like a Dragon Quest game. Sorry to all the Dragon Quest fans, because that's all I know is they have like a slime monster. There was a very strange Final Fantasy game that was announced, Stranger of Paradise, where the only thing I learned about that game is that the main character is looking to kill Chaos. That's all they told me. And it sounds very much like it's written by the guys behind Kingdom Hearts. So I don't know how that's going to fare. It looked pretty rough around the edges too. But it's due for the release um, soon, they say, on PlayStation 5 as well as PC. Apparently the action adventure appears to tie in with the, the story of the very first Final Fantasy game. So very bare bones. Final Fantasy 1 didn't have a lot going for it because they didn't have... I think they just had like more character classes and less names in that one. Uh, as well, we got a look at Platinum Games' newest IP, Babylon's Fall. Uh, it's a fantasy action adventure that can be played single player, but it can also be played up to four players that can play through different dungeons. It will be heading to PC, PS4, and now it's confirmed for the PS5, but there was no release date given. But the studio behind it does say they are heading to the peak of development as well. As I mentioned, so Square Enix is behind Marvel's Avengers, so they did show footage for the next three events and expansions, including June's, which is Cosmic Cube, 
Wasteland Patrol, and War for Wakanda, which are both coming summer and beyond. As well, the company confirmed that the very first uh, very first six Final Fantasy games are going to be heading to mobile and also Steam. So that will be sometime before the end of the year. Now let's talk about the big one, Xbox and Bethesda. We got an official uh, release date for Starfield, which is the big newest Bethesda IP. Uh, and it's going to be confirmed it is a console exclusive to the Xbox Series X and S. But it's also coming to PC. So again, PC players do get that Xbox ex- exclusivity. Uh, as I mentioned, Bethesda, they are the team that are behind the Elder Scrolls and Fallout franchises, and they're working on their first new IP that is set entirely in space. This game launches next year, November 11th, 2022, so at the end of the year. UK developer Rare and Disney have come together to make a uh, new story mode featuring Captain Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean as part of Sea of Thieves. Uh, it's a free-to-play Sea of Thieves expansion. It launches June 22nd. We have the announcement from the Dishonored developers Arcane. They revealed their game Redfall, uh, which looks like a single-player, multiplayer immersive shooter featuring vampires, which is due summer 2022, and it's also exclusive to Xbox. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 coming out this just before this Christmas on November 9th. Microsoft Flight Simulator is actually landing on the Xbox Series X and S this July. Also Obsidian, again, they're also uh, recently acquired by Xbox, just like Bethesda, have announced The Outer Worlds 2. Uh, it's in the early stages of development, uh, but they also gave us some more um, expansion details on the game Grounded as well. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Xbox also revealed Contraband, which is um, they've teamed up with Avalanche Studios. They're working on this new IP. There wasn't really much detailed, but because Avalanche are the people that developed the Just Cause uh, game, it may have similar tech, may have a similar experience to those games. This will be coming exclusively to the Xbox Series X and S uh, as well. Uh, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, that game is set for uh, April 28th. It's going to be also exclusive to the Xbox Series X, S, and PC. It will launch early next year, uh, and it will come game one to Game Pass day one. Finally, we got some more details about Halo Infinite. Free-to-play multiplayer was shown, uh, and it was a very brief appearance for Halo Infinite. Specifically, the game's free multiplayer was revealed. The shooter is still set to launch this year, but the multiplayer will be a separate thing. You don't need to have the campaign version, which means... Is it going to be really worth it at all to play Halo Infinite's campaign if they're charging full price? If you can just get the experience by playing the multiplayer, which is basically the same graphics and the same um, everything in there. But I mean, you are technically going to be paying for it because there's no way that they're going to give anything for free. People pick up Warzone and they pick they purchase items such as skins and I, I would assume maps are also purchasable, weapons, all that sort of thing. Loot boxes, possibly. Who the fuck knows? Uh, as well, uh, I don't know if this was, I think this was also part of the Xbox. Yeah, it was part of the Xbox one. But the creators behind Left 4 Dead have confirmed that Back for Blood, um, which is their game that is not specifically a Left 4 Dead 3, but it's Back for Blood. Okay, then. That comes out October 12th, 2021. So it's coming to Xbox Game Pass Day 1, but it will be on all the consoles. Now, there is a crazy amount of third-party games that have signed for Game Pass. Some even have release dates. Include and I'm not going to go over all the release dates, but I'll talk about some of the games. We got Hades, Twelve Minutes, Aragami Two, Sable, The Anacritus, Scorn, Among Us, Hello Neighbor Two, The Gunk, Somerville, Shredders, Slime Rancher Two, Replaced, Atomic Heart, Party Animals, 
Euden Chronicle Rising and 100 Heroes. A lot of those games are set for this year, some for 2022 as well. Yakuza Like a Dragon is going into the Game Pass, as well as Bethesda games such as Fallout 1, 2, Tactics 3, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Arx Fatalis, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, Doom from 2016, Evil Within 2, and Rage. Oh, let's go over to Gearbox, which gave sort of updates on Tiny Tina Wonderlands. Not much. It's due early this year. Uh, and as well, there was some talk about a Viking survival game called Tribes of Midgard. Uh, there was also discussion about their PS5 title, Godfall, which is going to be coming to PS4 with a free upgrade to the PS5. Um, getting, the game is getting content update called Fire and Darkness alongside a matchmaking beta. Uh, as well, there was backstage behind-the-scenes look at the production for the Borderlands movie. We didn't get an official trailer, which probably would have been a little better, but we, got, we know that Borderlands is being developed, and we've seen some screenshots online of sort of silhouettes of the characters that are going to be in the film. Over at Ubisoft, now theirs was uh, also a little weaker as well, but Ubisoft's biggest reveal was that there's a Mario and Rabbids sequel coming called Spark of Hope, and uh, I didn't watch the trailer because I'm not really a fan of the Rabbids, but apparently it features a Rosalina Luma Rabbit, so this game will be coming out on the Switch in 2022. Apparently Rocksmith Plus is a thing. It's a new entry in the guitar and bass learning franchise, which will be accessible via a subscription service and lets players connect their instruments to the PC, console, or mobile. I believe, as far as the date confirms here, the PC closed beta is now open. Uh, there was a trailer for the newest entry, Rainbow Six Extraction, which was formerly, I think, Quarantine and other things, but they had to change their title because of COVID. It'll be bringing alien parasites to the series. So the three-player co-op title will be out on September 16th. Why is it three-player co-op? Why can't it just be four? I don't understand. Then we got some more dates for games. Um, the Extreme Sports title Riders Republic coming out September 2nd and Just Dance 2022, November 4th. Uh, and finally, they unveiled a Avatar game, like not Avatar The Last Airbender, but Avatar like the James Cameron movie. It's gonna be called Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, uh, powered by the Snowdrop engine. This game is set to release in 2022. Maybe it'll come out before the sequel. I don't even know when the sequel is set to come out. Just scrolling through the list, those are some of the major um, unveilings. Overall, like I mentioned at the top, it did seem like the overall temperature of this event was rather low. And I think part of it could have been due to the fact that it wasn't a live event. What we tend to get hyped about, um, and a lot of these trailers, including something, for, um, going back to Nintendo, well, Nintendo's is always online. But for something as small as, like, an Ubisoft, I think that something like, say, if Avatar was unveiled, that would have received um, at least some cheers and claps from the audience that were, in, that were there. But sadly, the fact that it, we didn't really get that because it's sort of a live video, it takes away from that reason to really get excited a lot of, about a lot of those games. So the hype wasn't really there. So we know now that and it was kind of hard to top 2020 because considering that we were in the midst of COVID and a lot of big titles came out and made COVID a little more bearable for gamers it's looking a little weak right now on on the the next couple of months leading up to the holiday season I'm still hoping for a switch because there's definitely a backlog of games that I want to play but I'm currently content with what I've got now but I'm looking forward to 2022 because it always seems like with a sour year comes an even better year next year. And the fact that we're going to be returning to a live E3 event is, it gets me more than excited. Let's move away from E3. I think I've been talking about E3 for long enough. 
There was also an announcement. It wasn't really an announcement. I think we've known about this for a little while. There's a new Pokemon game coming out. It was announced last year. I didn't, I didn't even know anything about it, aside from the title. And I finally got this trailer for a game called Pokemon Unite, which is set to come out next month on the Switch. And it's going to be coming to the um, handheld consoles, or like Android, iOS, September. It is a MOBA game, much like Heroes of the Storm, much like League of Legends. It's a Pokemon MOBA game. So the trailer, which didn't really make it clear. It's just Pokemon fighting each other. And, and I, again, I don't play MOBAs, so I don't really know how the game works. Reading the gameplay here on the wiki, it says that Pokemon Unite, it's a MOBA game, multiplayer online battle arena, with matches consisting of two teams of five players. Game is split into two halves with multiple control points each. Players score points for their team by defeating AI, wild Pokemon, referred to as catching in the game, and move towards one of the control points to score goals. Each match is time-limited, and the team with the most total score by the end of each match wins the game. Players start each game controlling unevolved low-level Pokemon, which can increase its level and gain access to new combat moves as it wins in battles. Type effectiveness, a common feature in the Pokemon games, is absent from Pokemon Unite, which is, like, kind of weird. On the other hand, the game includes a Unite move mechanic unique to each Pokemon character. There are confirmed to be over 20 playable Pokemon that have been officially revealed or found in the beta testing versions of the game. Again, I have never been a huge fan of a lot of these spin-off Pokemon games. I appreciate that they're trying um, their hand at different types of development styles for this. But the people who are hardcore fans will try these games. People who are sort of looser, you know, only came and stayed for the mainstay games will just play the main story games. Those people who or maybe not are excited for Pokemon Unite, maybe excited for Pokemon Legends Arceus or the Shining Diamond, Brilliant Pearl, or whatever those titles are going to be. As for me, that's that's like me. I do play Pokemon Go on a regular basis, but I tend to stick with sort of the main titles. Um, I haven't played the most recent ones that have come out on the Switch. Like I mentioned, I don't have a Switch, so I can't play them. So I don't think I'm going to be playing Unite, but I know my friend Anthony is pretty excited for this, actually, because he's a big fan of those types of games. So we'll see if he actually picks it up. Maybe he'll end up streaming it for his uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv uh, backslash NSYYZ, by the way. I, uh, that's my quick shout-out to him. There is uh, quite an uproar on Twitter recently over a, apparently, DC Comics got, had cut a scene from the, their upcoming HBO Max series for Harley Quinn, uh, which is in their, they're going into their third season, I believe. It was a scene that depicted Batman apparently performing oral sex on Catwoman. Now, DC Comics cut this scene because they claimed, end quote, heroes don't do that. But social media users have taken issue with the fact that the scene is cut, but with the justification for it, arguing that it is definitely something that Batman would do, and that, of course, the hero would be a generous lover. I've never considered Batman a generous lover. And there's a funny quote here, actually. I guess they were talking to some of the execs at DC who denied it. So they were like, heroes don't do that. And so the guy who fought back on it was like, are you saying that heroes are just selfish lovers? And DC was like, no, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. Can you imagine if they sold a toy that was specifically <laughs> Batman performing oral sex on Catwoman? Well, I, I guess if you went to the, the, like, the sex shop, you can probably find that. But it's funny enough that Zack Snyder, who's the guy who, um, director of 300, Watchmen, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, 
released this photo on his Twitter, and the tag was canon, and it shows Batman giving oral sex to Catwoman. Uh, there's no, like, nudity or anything like that, but it's suggested nudity. And Catwoman's really enjoying it, and Batman's just being very generous in his uh, oral sex. So it's on Twitter. Go to Zack Snyder's Twitter. It hasn't been blocked, hasn't been removed. Zack Snyder is free to do what he wants with the characters. It actually looks like something that's been pulled from a comic book strip. So that's amazing that he just went, he just went down there. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I don't really know what to say to this because it's, it's um, you know, we got characters like Deadpool. And then we've had questions on of characters like, well, what happens when Spider-Man has sex? Like, does he shoot web? Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this. This is so weird. I understand that these characters are created for not only adults, but for kids and kids look up to them. But if you're not going to get it from, from an official DC show like Harley Quinn, well, I'm sure that you can look up. Somebody has drawn us, drawn up some pretty crude hentai, um, and in this case, it looks like we got some from Zack Snyder. But I'm sure if you were to, to type in Batman Catwoman sex on Google, that you would get sufficient hentai photos that would give you the same sort of result. And kids can look that stuff up on the internet for free. So it's they're still going to be able to sell their toys. But if people sexualize certain characters, whether they be animated or real, like that tends to happen, um, whether it's uh, warranted or not. You know, and it it kind of sucks that that DC is sort of infringing on on this creator's ability to freely show their characters in a different light. That's why you got to appreciate somebody like Deadpool, who basically just breaks the fourth wall and does whatever the fuck he wants. If you watched the movie, he basically has like aggressive, like crazy sex in the first film with his girlfriend. But that's a superhero film. While it's not marketed to kids, there are kids that like Deadpool because of his zaniness and his humor. Anyways, that's all the, the sex talk that I want to kind of cover today. I, I need to wrap it up because my food is getting cold. All right, guys. So if you want to head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. On Facebook, you can find this podcast, facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. On Twitter, follow me at Podcast Outbreak. That's the podcast's official Twitter account. But if you want to follow me on my personal Twitter account, that one is, the tag is at Will Key, K-E-E. On my Redbubble store, you can look for my two crazy designs. You know, the logo, podcast logo on a shirt or an apron or perhaps as a bath mat in your bathroom. Uh, or you can get the I Have the Song on Rock Band one which looks good as an apron in the kitchen when you're cooking your wife some spaghetti. So feel free to get one of those two designs. On if you want to join my Discord server, feel free to. I don't, again, I don't have an official link, you know, I'm not crazy Discord Nitro genius. So if you happen to stumble upon my Linktree uh, profile before that, there should be an official link to my Discord server there. If you're listening to this podcast on any of the official platforms, thank you guys so much. If you're on Apple, please feel free to leave me a review, like this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with your ex-girlfriend. Maybe that will bring her back to you. If you're really feeling lonely and really want to win her heart back, just show her this podcast and say, I thought of you. And nine times out of 10, it works. I've been told. I've been told most of the time that it actually works. Anyways, we're hosting on podbean.com. Guys, if you're looking to host a podcast anywhere, Podbean is the best place to do it. 
uh, be sure to drop a review. As I mentioned, this podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. That includes Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM. The list goes on and on and on, everybody. Anyways, we're hitting that half hour mark now. I'm hungry. I got to eat or else I'm going to get hangry. Have yourselves a great afternoon.